This is the After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Kim, how's it going? Hi, good. How are you? Happy Tuesday. You got your jacket on. I got my sweater on. We're all toasty, ready for the next round of rain. Yeah, I've been working up to the last minute, and then I remembered, oh, you need to get dressed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that. Yes. (laughs) How's it going over there? You're welcome. Um, Good. Busy, busy, busy little bee. You had some Um, excitement last night in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I was still up late because I am a night owl, even though I Mm -hmm. I suffer from insomnia from time to time. In order to get the show done, uh, I do my other work late and um, Kim does this work late. And we were texting back and forth and uh, we were were, were going over something that we'll talk about in a second over the thumbnail. And um, I kind of, you know, when you kind of zone out, you're like, and you don't realize you've zoned out until something happens and you snap back into it. Um, I heard the noise of a saw outside and it took me way too long to realize I should not be hearing the sound of a saw at three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. I run to the front window because I know there's a construction, there's a construction site across the street. They're they're refitting and they're raising a building up. And I thought maybe somebody had broken in, right? And maybe messing with the power tools. Um, And I see three guys jump in a car and speed away from a a car that's on the, parked across the street. Mm -hmm. And then in a split second, I realize they just stole a catalytic converter. Yep. But I didn't see the car. Like it happened so fast. It was such mm-hmm. a blur. I didn't, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to describe the car or, and everything was in the dark. So I felt really frustrated because part of me wanted to call the police, but like, what yeah. can I report? There's nothing to report. It's life in the big city. Yeah. So, womp, Crazy. Womp, womp. Right your window. I mean, what can you do about a problem like that? Nothing. If you don't public, have any pub- public identifying cameras? information, I you mean, could... what is it? Prop E on the ballot? I, I haven't read all the details. I haven't voted yeah. yet. Um, but they want to allow for more cameras. Now, this is a residential neighborhood. So unless somebody has their own camera system and it's in the dark, you know, what what can what you do about that? Do? I, don't, I don't know if there's anything you no. can do. Um, but, it sucks, but no, there's nothing. Yeah, we have a lot to get through. So let's jump into it. First, we have our new request this week. Um, if you're on the Apple podcast platform or the Spotify platform or any podcast platform, if you can leave us a, a review, hopefully positive, uh, and rate us on those platforms, it will help. Uh, you guys expand. suck. No, that's not the <laughs> kind of review we were hoping for. <laughs> uh, expand the visibility and increase the visibility of the of the of the show. Uh, and even if you don't listen to the audio podcast, if you could if you can go to one of those Apple or Spotify and leave us a positive review, and um, and rate us, that would really help. And show. please click like too if you're here. Uh, click like and subscribe. Thank you for doing that. It's free. free please free, and thank free. you. Now we have something new going on. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about the contributions? I do. We had a contribution come in that was so generous. Uh, We had $100 come in, and we thought, that's really, really above and beyond and really We've had a few of those before. Yeah. And And so we we thought we would take a moment and kind of call the this person out and anyone else who call them makes, out well call them, <laughs> I mean in a good way I don't mean like call them out to a fight behind the barn but like you know make, recognize them in a way that maybe we feel is a little more than just an, acknowledge uh, them yeah acknowledge them uh, then you know when you do a super chat or a super sticker, it's like an immediate acknowledgement because it happens right, right there. You get Everyone your dopamine can see fits. It. We put it right on the screen, whatever. But if you donate Speaking behind the scenes, it's yeah, like like Wes. Thank you, Wes. See, that's lovely, and I love that. Oh wait, there's more. Nice. Um, Thank you, Wes. Seven dollars. But when you donate behind the scenes, maybe you don't feel as recognized, and we don't want that to happen. So, what we're going to do is we have segments on the show including uh, our animal segment, including Travel Tuesday, which is today, including uh, Trivia Thursday. And now we have a new Weird News Wednesday. Yeah, we're, we're going to be adding well. more segments. Um... Yeah. And so if you do a, a, a behind-the-scenes donation or contribution of $50 or more, we'll put your name as, uh, you know, sponsored by Travel Tuesday, sponsored by today, Karen Kay. Right. So, and you if go. you've given, I want to say, if you've given a contribution of fifty or hundred in the mm-hmm. past, and you would like acknowledgement, we can we can still retroactively. Yeah, uh, let us know. That. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It's really really generous, and that actually that that contribution I think put us over the top. So yeah. um, we want to thank, and then we will thank that person yeah. when we do that segment. Uh, so later. let's talk about what happened last night. 
Okay, this is controversial. This was, is this is this is what it's like to be a YouTuber. I was struggling for whatever reason. Usually, I don't struggle. So I make you know the little That's picture on the, the beginning of the show. Yeah. Right. Usually there's a story that leaps out at me right yeah. away. I'm like, oh, so that's Kim the does one. the thumbnail. Yeah. Kim creates the thumbnail image that you see for the show. So last night I'm like, what story pops out? And for some reason I was in a mood, like an ambivalent mood where nothing moved me. I noticed. And so I made, I finally <laughs> picked a beach picture because this moves me. Right. And I make it a, a travel Tuesday picture. And I, I say, I kind of try to create something a little you know, creative we'll show maybe. This was the this is the original thumbnail that was Bahama not used. Mama. You're not alone. Like you know, you're headed. You're a Bahama Mama. Not the drink necessarily, but a play on the words. You're a Bahama Mama. Like you're not alone because the story is that there's more tourism to the Bahamas. Right. So I I don't know. It's not very good. But so then you made the mistake. I texted it to John and you I you made say, the mistake of asking for my opinion. What do you think about that? And he goes, I don't even know what that means. I was like, I I, I didn't get it. Really? Um, I was trying to get it, but the fact that I had to think about it meant that mm -hmm. it's probably not the right thing. Because when you have like an image, yeah. people have a split second of whether or not decide to click on something. And it's not about right. the regulars who watch the show, mm -hmm. but it's people from the outside. Yeah. Uh, those people. Uh, welcome. In. Outsiders. <laughs> outsiders. Um, welcome to the party. If it doesn't immediately make sense, yeah. then it might not be the best headline. Right. And I asked you, is that a name of a drink? Because I have, I don't have a lot of experience with tropical drinks, and I, right. but my gut told me that's probably the name of a drink, and I googled it. It is the name of a yeah. drink, but that's not what you meant by it. No, I meant like you know, are you a person or a woman, especially that likes to go to the Bahamas? Well, you're not alone because person, woman, camera, TV. Yeah. So you, whatever. This one is has a big red X over it. We're not doing that. Yeah. So then so I that, say that well, was the one you liked. What story do you want me to do, John? And he and says, we went back and forth. Uh huh. I, so finally, I, I'm like, if you don't like the Bahama Mama, then you just pick one and I'll do it. Okay. So he picks Ram on the Lamb. I think that's funny. I think it's funny. Ram on the Lamb. Mm -hmm. I need to work right? on my spacing between on and the, but yeah, it's fine. I mean, and also the on the lamb is a little too close to the bottom, but you know, yeah. I didn't want to say anything because you were in a mood. I wasn't done. I mean, I, I would have <laughs> fixed it before publishing it, but yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was funny. And your response to me saying everyone loves animals was, Another escaped animal story. Yeah. And that went like, really? that was like a dagger to my you can heart, see where, Kim. You see where I was. I was like, uh, whatever. That was a dagger to my heart. Uh -huh. What do you mean another animal escape story? We love animals. So I'm like, where's the story that sticks out today? Where's the story that's like this and is? And for the, the record, one. we've had very, very generic animal stories as a thumbnail in the past. I know. So I, I thought was this in a was mood. I was ambivalent. So I thought this headline was funny and I thought it was cute. Meh. That's my defense. So, I mean, the story is great, but is it a thumbnail-worthy story? You know, it has to be like Look the at that story. Ram. That's a majestic beast. It is a This is true. So then you scramble to find me something that floats my boat, and boy, did you deliver. Well, because I didn't want you to resent me. I would never uh, by resent this you. Up. No, because if you use this thumbnail, you would have resented me. No, for, uh, never would have. Never. But unlike Congress, we were able to compromise, come together, <laughs> work together, and find something that everyone can agree on. Ta-ta, Hooters. Yep. I was pretty <laughs> proud of that. Ta-ta, Hooters. You like that one. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. So we had a few design changes. Uh, this is what it, we go through. And yeah. uh, we, we settled on the orange outline. Mm -hmm. And uh, these are the little stupid things that you... Uh, I mean, they're important, but they, they yeah. feel kind of stupid after a while. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. So this is what happens behind the scenes from time to time. And this, Kim, is why you don't ask for my opinion. You just do what you want to do. And this is why dictatorships work so well. Well, I figure if you hate it, you'll tell me. Or if I have a question about like whether it's good enough, I'll text you. So yeah, it all right. works out. Usually you don't, you know, you like your your decision and you go with it, right? Yeah. Who cares what Confidence. There's, there's yeah. something to to. And I trust your judgment. For the, since the beginning of the show, for six months, I've trusted your judgment. Yeah. And I have like no involvement in the lead story because you are the news uh maven Kim i'm Kelsner. the news director of the after party yeah exactly anyway so <laughs> that's give myself why that title that's why we settled on that hooter story i thought that was kind of funny let's jump into this story apparently i i was looking at this earlier too wendy's is going to do surge pricing now yeah this is this is crazy why don't you do the story um and i'll do the next one yeah, this one is Wendy's deciding to test surge pricing based on demand, 
that's what they're going to do. So this is kind of what Uber and Lyft do when they have a lot of customers. All of a sudden, prices go up. Yeah. Wendy's, your, your $20 ride can become $60. That's It happens like that. Well, Wendy says they've got this uh, new system. They're going to start a new pricing menu in 2025. Yeah. So right now you can get a Dave's single quarter pound burger at $5.95, but it could go up as much as a dollar during the lunch rush. And then it could dip down a little bit in the slower periods. To what? So, Do they mention? They didn't what, say 50 how cents much it off? could go down. Yeah, probably not I'm, another I'm, dollar yeah, I'm off. guessing like 50 Mm-mm. cents, 75 cents. They've got high-tech digital menus that will allow real-time price updates that change with the traffic at the restaurant. It sounds a little complicated, you know? But they yeah. say we're going to begin testing a variety of enhanced features on these digital menu boards, dynamic pricing, different offerings in certain parts of the day, AI-enabled menu changes, suggestive selling based on factors like weather. Dynamic pricing, they say, can allow Wendy's to be competitive and flexible with pricing, motivate the customers to visit, and provide them with the food they love at a great value. I used to have to do the suggestive selling at McDonald's, and there was no AI involved. It was... Is that... Would you like fries with that? No, this was suggestive on top. So this was like for an additional 25 cents. Oh. This is how long ago it was. You could get an apple pie, uh, a milkshake, or a cookie to add on to your order for 25 cents at the Petaluma Plaza McDonald's, which was a pretty good deal. I mean, this was the mid to late 90s, but still, that was a pretty good deal. Hmm. We'll see how it works out for them. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. The one thing I'll give credit to Wendy's, I don't eat a lot of fast food, but the last three times when I was like really having, I had a jonesing, you know, for for, uh, a hamburger. Mm-hmm. I thought of the last couple times, and uh, some people disagreed with me in the chat room. The last couple times I went to McDonald's, one of the three things was wrong. Either the soda wasn't right, more most likely, or more likely it was the, the fries were cold mm-hmm. or lukewarm, even when they're busy. And that drives me crazy. And I'm not a big fan of McDonald's because it's very blah. Um, yeah. The last couple times I've gone to Wendy's, the fries, they have a new initiative where the fries will always be hot. I think they're making them in smaller batches. Well, who knows? Um, Maybe it'll work out for them. But the burgers were really tasty. The burger was really tasty. And the fries were really hot. And that's what I need. That's what John Daly needs to you know, to make it worth. Health- I'm trying to eat healthier. Me too. But if I'm going to pay $10 for fast food, I don't want cold food. I went to, Call me out to dinner with a friend on Friday night. And I ordered the healthiest thing on the menu, which was the Vitality Bowl. The Vitality that sounds really bowl- disgusting. <laughs> the Vitality Bowl had... <laughs> quinoa am i saying it right yeah quinoa um squash like the uh that's good uh you know brown butter squash or whatever it was and a variety of vegetables and some good dressing but they put some other stuff in there and it just tasted like sandpaper so i'm trying to eat healthy but i ate like a a quarter of it so i ate less (laughs) that's good it's difficult to cook uh, healthy food yeah. in a tasty way. My mom manages to do it because she's a world-renowned chef of her family. And um, mm-hmm. if you're a Persian like cook, I mean, she's really it's chef level. She yeah. cooks quinoa. Like I introduced her to quinoa. Oh my god! And she took off with it. Wow! And everything is like um, cooked with um, chicken broth, garlic, um, turmeric. Wow! Yeah, yeah. She's she's not looking back. But quinoa is very healthy for her. Yeah. It's healthy for everybody. It's very healthy for her. And uh, mm-hmm. if you look into quinoa, it's a very, very healthy thing to eat. But, you, you know, you have to use spices. You have to yeah. saute the mushrooms and wine and garlic. You have I'm to go that extra step. give the Vitality Bowl a thumbs down. <laughs> the Vitality <laughs> if, Bowl did What not... I've learned is if something has a name that they yeah. put, like, extra effort into to yeah. make it sound good, probably, probably isn't. Um, okay. Th- Tell yeah, me what is... happened to Cumulus. Yeah, we, we avoid talking about this company, but um, oh the no, they're that, on top of us. It's a company that owned KGO Radio, right? Oh, this is appropriate. Yeah. It's overlaid on us. Cumulus, uh, and a company called Super Hi-Fi. They are right. working together on new artificial intelligence-powered HD radio stations in Nashville. This was sent in by Brian Pelletier, our, our former colleague and uh, Wait, former producer. like AI talent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't. That doesn't. But no question. No questions to the end of the presentation. Oh, sorry, my bad. So, sent in by Brian Pelletier, <laughs> who was producer of Chip Franklin's show. The new stations are called The Hill, Nashville Song, and Nashville Songwriter Radio. 
and they're available starting today. Uh, they're partnering with this artificial intelligence audio solutions provider, Super Hi-Fi, uh, and HD radio technology expert, Xperi, to launch two new automated radio stations in Tennessee. The stations will air on HD radio subcarriers. So you know what that means. Like if you have an HD radio, you've got your regular channel, your primary channel, mm -hmm. like say it was KGO, and then you have these sub-channels that are only available on HD, right? So mm -hmm. these are digital subcarriers. Uh, you only get them with an HD radio. And they will serve as a testing ground, testing ground, here we go, for exciting new radio programs and related services to further enhance and innovate broadcast radio's prominence in the digital dashboard. Here come the buzzwords. All while improving the user experience. What? And increasing broadcaster benefits. That's the one. Increasing broadcaster benefits. The new stations, uh, like we mentioned, called The Hill and Nashville Songwriter Radio, can be accessed access via HD radio receivers, including cars with built-in or aftermarket HD radios. The stations will be powered by this new program director software, which uses machine learning tools to help radio stations build and scale their automated program programming. They will um, use this uh, digital technology from Xperia to expand listenership by delivering in-vehicle radio experiences. Here are more buzzwords. Uh, with new levels of audience targeting, personalized discovery, audio delivery, and detailed reporting and analytics. Um, yeah, so the companies provide the following information about the two new stations. Um, Nashville Songwriter Radio serves as a platform for the vibrant songwriter community in Nashville. The station will have yeah, music whatever. penned and performed by local songwriters and the classic Nashville sounds. Uh, like, I don't care. I don't care about it. any of it. I don't care about Nashville. I don't care about country music. I don't care about cumulus anymore. Care about country. And I don't care about what they're doing. And I don't care that they're having AI. I want nothing to do with them anymore. So quickly, the second station that Kim's not going to listen to, The Hill, will have the design with the tastes of high school students in mind. <laughs> <laughs> with a mix of so mixtapes. Um, popular and merging music across pop, hip-hop, alternative, yeah. blah, 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 country. Uh, I mean, right care. now you can only get it in, in Nashville anyway, so whatever, right? Yeah, and I'm sure they'll it'll be all available um, probably on yeah. the iHeartRadio app. Yeah. Um, but here it is. It's it's coming. AI we knew it was coming. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. They don't want they never wanted to pay for for talent or for people to be on their radio stations. They didn't want to pay for that. So and they didn't know how to operate a major market yeah. Yeah. Um, station. They were more of a mid level, like a Santa Rosa, San Jose size market operator with a few large markets and they just don't have um the willingness to spend money and to to do it right so yeah that's that's that um sign our sucker an update on the uh demise of radio yeah moving yeah. on yes tell me about the deer i can't wait <sighs> to see this this is great um so this video is silent so we're gonna we're gonna talk over it um but a deer breaks into an ontario recreation center and dives into the pool. Are you ready to see this video? Yes, yes, please okay, show me the video. <laughs> Check this out. Okay, uh, swimmers scrambled to get out of the water. Oh, God. When a deer broke into this uh, recreation center, made its way to the pool. Um, somebody who witnessed it said that uh, it, they they grabbed their phone, started filming it. He said it's, uh, his kid was go. swimming at swimming lessons, and they were just finished with swimming <laughs> lessons. Can you imagine? Uh, they were, yeah, they were in the changing rooms and they rushed in and parents rushed in and said, you won't believe this. There's a deer in the swimming pool. So everybody <laughs> ran out. Um, the video shows the deer diving into the pool uh, while being pursued by recreation uh, center now staff. This I care about. This is fantastic. <laughs> Another deer, uh, a deer uh, escape or uh, well, you actually don't a see one leap, leap into an indoor pool. A very deer break in story. That's different. That's yeah, uh, that's uh, wow. That's, no, that was good. Yeah, he uh, he said, I just thought I need to get this on video because no one's going to believe me if no, I told you a, broke, a, a deer broke into a pool. There's no way you would have believed it. Um, local officials said the deer broke in through a window and was safely okay. returned to the outdoors by staff. Uh, the pool was closed temporarily while workers ensured that no yes. one was in danger from broken glass, of wanted course. Wanted a little dip dip in the pool. That's all he wanted. It's okay. Yeah, yeah we understand. You know, the banana slug is the... Uh, mascot, mascot of UC of, Santa Cruz. Yes, that was a trivia question, or somebody, uh, a mm -hmm. guest, asked that the other day. On banana March, slug uh, is not satisfied being the mascot of UC Santa Cruz. The banana slug wants to take over the state. Yes, they could be the official Golden State slug. This uh -huh. is what our assembly people do. Assembly member Gail Pellerin is introducing a bill which would recognize the banana slug as an emblem of California. 
Come on, is there nothing important for you to focus on, people? According to the bill, the banana slugs can be found as far away as Del Norte County, as far south as San Diego County. Seven types of banana slugs are found in California, one of which can be found outside the state. The rest are solely California banana slugs. If this bill passes, the banana slug would join other state symbols included in the California code. We saw this new state mushroom this year, the California golden chanterelle. Oh, I mean, Did you say Del Norte County? Yeah. Is that how the locals pronounce it? It's the correct pronunciation. No, but it's Spanish. It would be Norte. No, it isn't. As a matter of fact, if you're talking about the BART station in the East Bay, it's Del Norte. But if you're talking about the county, right. they pronounce it Del Norte. So it's like one of those ignorant local things like Vallejo. Mm, it's, a pronu- it's a pronunciation. It's the way the people there say it. I know, but it's Spanish. So anyway, nitpicky, but I know. Who are um, you to Who are you to tell them how to pronounce their county? If they want to say Del Norte, so be it. <laughs> it sounds because it sounds kind of stupid. I'm just being honest. Um, that yeah, that's crazy. I I don't know. I mean, it is and it uh, it is a remarkable creature, you know. I guess. We, we have, I mean, like, these things don't really matter, right? I mean, they're just symbols. Yeah, they're just, it's all, you know, it's all this is what our, dressing. We're, this is what we're paying our politicians to handle yeah. instead of uh, taking on PG&E and CPUC. Right. So, you know, why not? Make sure we get the banana slug as the state mascot. <laughs> okay, now here's my story that yeah. did not make the oh, uh, lead story thumbnail. Is it time thumbnail. for the ram on the lamb? Woo-hoo! It's time for the ram on the lamb. This is a ram that, uh, on the lamb, yeah. specifically. Um, in New Jersey, and we're, I'm just going to go right to the video since, since we're uh, behind on uh, time. Uh, here we go, Ram on the Lamb. It looked like something was really going down. Yeah, <laughs> Run, running up and down the street. Yeah, it was quite a sight. Mount Laurel police say they started getting calls earlier this week. People reporting a ram on the run. Oh my God, it's got horns. That's that's a ram. Um, you know, we don't really see many ram around here. Mike O'Brien first spotted it near his house Thursday, but he says Friday morning is when all the action really went down. We all convened on the area in which the ram was last located, which was in the area of Horseshoe Drive. A police chase ensued, but the ram was fast. We quickly realized that the ram was a lot more athletic than we thought. The neighbors, after all, named him Dodge. Dodge Ram. Just look at him run by in this video. Watch out, Paul. Surprised, shocked. My son kind of yelled and said, there's an animal running by. The shock would only continue for Joe DeSico. That fence where the ram finally got cornered. Yeah, that's Joe's yard. You assume it will be captured, but not in your front backyard. Police called in some backup from Public Works, and after a wild morning, the entire crowd had the ram surrounded. It got wedged in between the bushes, and we just, that was our chance to jump on it. Just jump on the back of them and grab the horns, and as long as you have the horns right at their head, you know, you got control of them. (laughs) Here, they escort him out of the backyard, a moment of sheer joy. Thank God we got him. Walked into a trailer, the ram was returned to the local farm down the road. The owner tells us after breaking a fence to escape, he is now safe and secure. I'm glad it's over with and hopefully it stays secure because I, you know, and they, we don't have to deal with it again. <laughs> In Mount Laurel, Siobhan McGurl, NBC 10 News. He didn't want to go. He was no, trying. He didn't. Thank you to NBC 10 News. Um, yeah. I'm only going to put this comment up from Lori because she's she agrees with me. Disagree. If the county is named in a foreign language, it should be pronounced as that language dictates. Del Norte. Now, that being said, there are a lot of inconsistencies, Mm -hmm. like in the Bay Area. I would agree with that normally, um, but we've had this debate in newsrooms, interestingly, and the common way that we do it is we try to pronounce it like the people who live there pronounce it. So, you know, we'll call uh, the local sheriff's office. We'll call the local city council office. Listen to the way they answer the phone. If they say Del Norte County, that's the way we pronounce it. So that's yeah. how we do it. I mean, you could say that, you, you know, you prefer it to be a certain way. But if you live there and if wherever you live, if there's a weird pronunciation of something and I say it wrong because I think it's a Spanish language or French language or whatever, then you're going to go, no, that's not right. That's not how we say it. Yeah, I actually did that a lot because um, in the uh, towards the end of KGO, there was no support staff for the news people, mm-hmm. right? When you were on the air, there's no one to help you at all. So um, news anchors would ask me, like, how do you pronounce something? And I would do what you just did. I would, I, I would call something I knew was automated. Yep. Like I would call the state, uh, state park, mm-hmm. like in this one area. Um, for yeah. um, for Paul Paul Rogers, 
and uh, get the, the get the pronunciation. But you're, you, I mean, it makes sense. You since since people do call it that, you can't really fight it at this point. So you just you you, you say it the way that locals say it for yeah. multiple reasons, out of respect, but also the fact that like no one's going to know what you're talking about. And right. I'm sure the people of, uh, as a matter of fact, we're driving through Del Norte County one time, and I said, oh, look, we're in Del Norte County. And my husband went, you mean Del Norte? And I said, no, actually, I mean Del Norte. <laughs> and he's like, what? And so I picked up the phone and put it on speakerphone, and I called the you know local office, and he's like, oh. And I think they're probably so used to people messing that up right. that when someone gets it right, they're like, oh, look at her. Did right? you pull off the road and stop at the Target? No, as a matter of fact, it's right um, on the California-Oregon border as right. you're going through the CHP stop, like the, you know, the border stop. Is that where there. Weed is? Weed, California? I don't I don't think so. I love the I name of that city or town. Yeah. Weed. Um, okay, let's talk about the Hooters story. Can we yeah. please? So this is the story <laughs> I scrambled for to make my co-host happy. There's this Hooters that's closing down. And... As kind of a funny joke, they decided, the community members decided to hold a candlelight vigil as the Hooters is being torn away. And we have the full news report. I, I went to the extra effort but today in, for you. For you, in, Kim. In, in, thank you. In doing this, though, <laughs> they discovered that there was a family dealing with a sick child. So this impromptu funny gathering outside of a Hooters turned into a fundraiser to help a family deal with a sick kid. It turned out to be the community coming together in a good way. Let's check it out. Vigil for the former Hooters building in Canal City started as a joke. But get this, it gained international attention. And tonight, Daniel Burbank joins us live in the studio and tells us uh, the turnout was larger than expected. Right, Daniel? Oh, absolutely, Dave and Gina. Hundreds of people came out to the last Hooters restaurant in Canal City before it's torn down on Monday. calling it the end of an era. <laughs> Hundreds gathering at the old Hooters for a candlelight vigil. It's a lot of memories going down with that building. But through the tears, Hi guys! former Hooters employees coming together for one last reunion. I started out as just, you know, coming in to get a job and it became so much more because I met so many lifelong friends and my co-workers. I want to thank each and every one of you. West Virginia's last Hooters in Kanawha City never reopened after March 2020. For all the uh, naysayers, the doubters, the down talkers and whatnot, this building right here was a legitimate, iconic figure to the Kanawha Valley. The vigil began as a joke between friends gaining traction on social media and the attention of international news outlets. Long live Hooters. The building will be torn down Monday and replaced with a popular gas station chain, crowds celebrating decades of memories. <laughs> Co-organizer Leo Browning says Hooters Corporate found out about the vigil and overnighted them a box of calendars to give to people. Browning adds he hopes the love and support for Hooters continues for years to come. Four busloads of college students arrived at the vigil to pay homage and we're told people from South Carolina drove last night through the night because they didn't want to miss this once-in-a-lifetime event. Live in the studio, Daniel Burbank, Eyewitness News. Yeah, he missed the real thing there. Those people are nuts. But apparently the vigil ended up being more than a tribute to Hooters. It raised money for this local family in need. Can I, uh, can I admit something to you really quickly? What? Because it's the after party and we didn't talk about this. I cut out the part about the dying child. Oh, did you? Okay. so But you can talk about it, but I, I cut it out only because it's the after party. And I feel like, we oh, won't blame him. We'll blame but you. Yeah. I thought it'd be disrespectful. You know, yeah. so, yeah. They said decision. one of the the, the friend's daughters was diagnosed with a very rare disease and that if she doesn't get help, she's not going to be with them a lot longer. So the money they raised at that Hooters gathering allowed the family to travel to California for treatment. Oh, that's so funny. they got here on, uh, I guess they, they're coming to California and they're getting, getting that done. And that Hooters arrived yesterday to demolish the building. Done. By yeah, the, the, the video, the way the video was cut is very awkward because the like ninety uh, percent of the story was all about like Woo, crazy, and then all of a sudden he's like, yeah. "My my friend's daughter's dying." Oh, <laughs> God. Like, oh wow, buzzkill! Did you see that sign? Gone, not forgot. 
Yeah, that was funny. Like, I almost suggested that bad as the grammar, headline. People. Mm-hmm. I almost suggested that as the headline. Um, That's really that was really funny. funny. Um, yeah. Linda pointing out the weed is in Siskiyou County. Thank you. Uh, mm, yes. Linda. I thought it was on the other side. I, yeah. Uh, just north of Mount Shasta City. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's where I was. Um, yeah. Did you notice that the reporter was in like a really nice suit and he was very professional? He is so out of there as soon as he can get onto a bigger market because he's in West Virginia. What makes me laugh is when the anchor throws it to the reporter and they'll say yeah. something like, isn't that right, John? And then the reporter, John, says, that's right, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what if the reporter just went, no, that's no, actually that's incorrect. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a dumb question to ask. But what the, you, anchors what were like, to say? the anchors were a little more yeehaw. And this guy yeah. was more like, I am so out of here. Yeah. As soon true. as I send my tape out. Um, I thought that was funny. Um, someone was asking, I think it was Gordon. Gordon was asking if um, Cumulus owns iHeart. They don't no. own iHeart. I actually asked CEO Mary Berner of Cumulus when she was in San Francisco mm-hmm. if we had plans to create our own in-house app. And she said, no, they have a partnership with um, iHeart to carry all their content um, because Cumulus doesn't know how to make money. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> That's the last thing I say. I'll say for now, mm-hmm. for today. Um, let's move on to a story about aerosol. Yeah, this is no bueno. This is an interesting one because it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. Yeah, aerosol is no good, um, especially if you um, can't find the photo for it. Um, There we go. (laughs) Uh, The past half century of pop-up ads. Uh, The past half century has seen remarkable improvements in air quality in many parts of the world, thanks largely to legislation like the U.S. uh, Clean Air Act. Efforts Mm -hmm. like these took aim at pollutants like the group of chemicals known as aerosols, which includes sulfur uh, dioxide, nitrogen dioxide, and other compounds that are harmful to human health. Like greenhouse gases, aerosols are produced by cars, factories, and power plants, as you know. But unlike greenhouse gases, they make the earth cooler rather than warmer. This is because aerosols reflect the sun's rays. Right. Rather than trapping them in like carbon, some est- uh, studies estimate that without aerosol pollution, the world might have already warmed by another half degree. Celsius. So aerosol is bad for the environment and bad for us to breathe in and affects the ozone layer. But it also is helping the planet warm up faster if we don't have it. Right. So it, it oh. creates this tricky paradox, mm-hmm. um, according to climate scientists. It's a Faustian uh, bargain. If you um, if you remove aerosols from the air, you reduce the health impacts of pollution, That's saving good. thousands of people from lung and heart disease. But you also might make global warming worse. What this to par- do? Yeah, this powerful relationship has been on display over the past few years in the maritime shipping industry as freight ships have stopped using dirty bunker fuel. I didn't know that was a thing. Mm. Dirty bunker fuel. Since 2020, they've also stopped emitting trails of sulfur dioxide, which has caused world temperatures to jump by an additional 0.05 degrees Celsius. Now, new research shows that the interaction between aerosols and greenhouse gases also has implications for flooding, which is one of the costliest climate disasters. A peer-reviewed paper published this week in our favorite, Nature Communications, finds that the presence of toxic aerosols in the atmosphere over the U.S. helped suppress the impacts of climate change on rainfall for decades postponing a surge in rainfall and flood risk driven by climate change. The passage of clean air laws, which removed these aerosols from the atmosphere, ironically unleashed a trend of worsening floods. That's so Uh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, the paper's results help solve what has been something of a mystery in climate science. Even though warmer air holds more moisture, rainfall in the U.S. hasn't been increasing in the way scientists expected as temperatures rise. And this paper highlights that the counteraction between aerosols and greenhouse gases has like, likely masked a lot of climate hazards over the past few decades. Mm. Um, this is this is this is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. The Clean Air Act was passed in 1970. It, it caused a rapid uh, decline in aerosol pollution as factories installed scrubbers. Those are devices that clean up their smokestacks, right? And automakers updated their cars to comply with emission limits. The disappearance of these aerosols left greenhouse glass gases, greenhouse gases to dominate in the atmosphere, which started to ratchet up rainfall totals. Um, that's pretty interesting. So they're saying um, the paper offers a grim warning about the the future climate risk here. If air pollution declines in the U.S. over the next few decades, many more Americans in regions such as the southeast could see stronger storms and more severe flooding. Oh man, that's so so weird. You would yeah. think if we're moving in the right ways environmentally in all ways that things would be better but it shows the complexity yeah it really does um that's why we need scientists Mm. and we need to listen to the scientists 
Please, yes, do. please listen to the scientists. Uh, last thing here is uh, we're looking at a situation where over the next 30 years, you could either keep masking or you could reveal 50% more warming. Um, up until now, there has not been very much recognition of how much the evolution of aerosol, uh, this aerosol signal over the lifetime of a mortgage of a house that somebody buys today is going to affect the climate hazards that they're exposed to. Yeah, so this is uh, a, yet another thing to uh, put on your list of things to worry about. Great. I'll take Happy it. Happy Tuesday. But there, I, I think it's important to just yeah. remember there's no simple solution. Yeah. Uh, there, there are shades of gray. You know, a lot of people just want to, they think it's like a mm -hmm. black or white. Everything's black or white. No, there's isn't. gray. There's yeah. gray. Especially if when you live in San Francisco, there's gray. Come, when we come back, we'll talk about this new call to record crickets on a certain day and maybe we can all get involved in this if you want to i don't know we'll also talk about uh, a new kind of satellite that might reduce space junk uh, and oh travel tuesday coming up as well that's next on the after what a weird Live. show i love it hey everybody it's your friend satan Love me or hate me, The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute 10, 15, $20, $666, it would keep this party very, very hot and heavy. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up, isn't that the truth? The PayPal link can be found in the About section, of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. I know what you're thinking, why should I be tempted by the devil, but come on guys, it's not like I'm asking you for your soul. <laughs> A party where you don't even have to leave the house. You could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live. I love that one. Fan that favorite one's, Satan. Pretty good. We have to thank uh, profusely one of our ongoing contributors, two of our ongoing contributors, Kathleen G and Meredith D. Thank you for all you do for the After Party Live. Yes, thank you. And thank you to Wes T Yay. for two contributions. We appreciate yeah. that. Huge and, thank you, Wes. And uh, why don't we go right into Travel Tuesday so we oh. can thank someone else. Okay. Let's do uh, Travel Tuesday. It is sponsored this week by Karen K. What? Thank you, Karen Kay. We appreciate that. It is, as you know, Travel Tuesday. That's yep. right. Thank you. Ooh, ooh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, bitches. Uh, I want to thank Karen Kay uh, for the uh, bag of bird seed that will get me through the rest of the winter. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Mockingbird had something caught in his throat. Um, Bahama Mama? Oh, no, this is the story. <laughs> Bahama Mama. Explain, Kim. Bahama Mama, there's a lot of people going to the Bahamas. So if you're a Bahama Mama, you're not alone. Look at that. That's the Atlantis Resort. Mm -hmm. That looks like they have a, I think, almost identical. Maybe it's the same people, um, same style hotel in Dubai. Oh, really? I'm thinking, I think it's called the Atlantis. So maybe it's the same people. They oh, do wow. things but this here is that much, I don't This like. is way more beautiful. They have like the swim with dolphins, swim with sharks. Remember where that kid was recently um, bitten on the thigh by a shark? What oh, happened here? Yeah. yeah. I don't like to keep the sea creatures there. But oh, and there's that picture of the beautiful ocean. Look at and that. I think I have one more photo because I didn't know this was a thing. But apparently, and I don't know if this is, I think they're wild pigs. Do you know the story about the pigs and swimming with the pigs? Uh, yeah, but Pe I didn't. I knew that was that in the Caribbean, but I didn't know this was. Uh, I, don't um, know. I think Ren just said that she came back from the Bahamas, so maybe Ren uh, saw the pigs. That looks really fine. Um, well, I'm I hope this is like a good thing for the pigs, like they're wild and people just swim with them. I don't I, know. I have, yeah, that's cool. I'm I so a, jaded. I'm so jaded. A, <laughs> Everything involving animals. I'm like, oh, we're exploiting animals, but it's like I don't want to be negative, but at the same time, I'm like, mm, what are we doing? No, these are real swimming pigs. They they're okay. just in the ocean. They're just there. Swim with them. Yeah. Okay. So the Bahamas is shattering tourism records with more than 9.65 million arrivals in 2023. It is, they say, an extraordinary display of the strength of the tourism sector in the Bahamas uh, that exceeded the forecasted projections, surpassed all previous records. 
they say it's a 38% increase over 2022 and a 33% increase compared to the previous record in 2019. Mostly foreign air arrivals uh, coming in. And so they think this is a premier air travel destination. Sea arrivals from cruise ships also saw an unprecedented surge with uh, up 43.5% from the previous year. So a lot more people going to the Bahamas. And I, I think we stay at the Pirate Museum in Nassau and on the Disney Island. Ooh, Disney K, right? Yeah, that's a comment that from Ren. Really fun. Ren um, yeah. I've never been there, but I, I've always wanted to go to, Dis to the Disney Island. I have been to Nassau, though. $10 from Miss Organic. Thank you. Thank you, Miss um, Organic. We really that. appreciate it. That's really kind. But I, I think this here's my thought after the fire in Lahaina, I think what I've heard is that a lot of people are m not wanting to go to Maui or to Hawaii. And that was a big destination for a lot of people. Oh, right. It could be that, you know, instead of going to Maui, that people are, you know, letting the, the folks that need the housing take those hotel rooms and whatnot. And maybe they're turning their vacation eyes toward the Caribbean instead. Well, um, not to turn back to Debbie Downer, but um, we need to do the responsible thing and remind people that the Bahamas has a travel warning. Um, now, there was controversy because the Bahamas, uh, they're upset with their, our State Department basically saying that we're overstating it. Um, but the Bahamas did update their travel warning at the beginning of uh, February. Uh, this is the headline from CNN amid violent crime wave. So the U.S. State Department has posted a travel advisory update urging Americans to exercise increased caution in the Bahamas, citing crime, gang-on-gang -gang violence has resulted in high homicide rate, oh, primarily affecting the local population, right? Um, mm. But you should still know that if you're going there. The advisory... Is this all of the Bahamas or certain islands? Yeah, the advisory is out of the, the most affected areas of New Providence where Nassau is located, so the big city. Okay. That's Nassau, right? And, the, yeah. and Grand Bahama, where Freeport is located. Uh, violent mm. crimes such as burglaries, armed robberies, and sexual assaults occur both in tourist and non-tourist areas. Be vigilant when staying at a short-term vacation rental uh, where private security companies do not have a presence, right? Because if you're at, mm. a, at a resort, they'll have a security mm -hmm. presence. The Bahamas is listed at level two, ex, uh, which is exercise increased caution out of the four different advisory levels. Um, so uh, I just want to make sure that we mention that Be careful. If, if, you're, if you're planning on going. Well, it's New Providence that had a 36% increase in tourism compared to 2022. Grand Bahama uh, had a 44% increase. The Family Islands, a 40% increase. So, you know, I guess despite the warning, people are headed that way. Yeah, John agreeing, as long as you stay in a resort, you're safe. And then Ren, who just came back, said, yeah, we were going to take our family vacation to Hawaii, like you said, Kim, but changed to Florida yeah. and the Bahamas. I see, Ren. I think that's what people are doing. Because I've heard people that um, are going to Maui, and they said, we were in the elevator, and uh, there's a lot of people there that have dogs, and that, you know, you're wondering why there's a dog at the resort. And then you realize, oh, these people are having to live here now. And the the time was coming up where they had to leave. And mm -hmm. so then you start feeling bad, like you're taking away their space. And so I don't know. I've heard a lot of people say it's just like not really where you want to be right now, which breaks my heart because, you know, I love Maui so much. Yes. Um, you love all the blues. I love all you the You like blues. Bahamas. You like Hawaii. <laughs> another, place, uh, another place that's really popular is Turks and Caicos. This uh, vacation destination is full on cleaning up on the awards. Eight World Travel Awards they win. This is very cool. Turks and you say Caicos? Am I, am I wrong? No, I don't know. I sometimes have said Kaikos, but I'm not a world traveler, so I don't know. Well, I, I haven't know. been everywhere, Kim. <laughs> yes, you have. Here's what, though. <laughs> I they, thought it was Turks and Caicos. The world somebody, somebody in the chat will know. Turks and Caicos. We're going with it. Uh, the 2024 awards. Google says Caicos. World Travel Awards have been given out. And this is what Turks and Turk and Caicos won. Turks and Caicos, right? Yeah. They won the Caribbean's leading beach destination, the Caribbean's leading cruise destination, oh, the Caribbean's leading destination overall. Can, there's a very important comment on the screen. 
John is right. Good. Caribbean's leading destination, Caribbean's leading dive destination, Caribbean's leading honeymoon destination, leading luxury island destination, leading tourist board, and the Caribbean's most romantic destination. They say it's an unparalleled jewel in the Caribbean, and these eight awards testify to that. You say Caribbean? You say Caribbean? Only when I'm at Disneyland. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's Caribbean. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm just being... I'm being I don't uh, know. A, a, Any other complaints today? That's not a complaint. Uh-huh. I'm just teasing you. I'll take it. I'll take it all. Yeah. Um, I'll take a vacation to Turks and Caicos as well. Bring it. Bring it yeah. to me. Actually, there's still... You can vote, I guess, uh, through April 7th on these awards. So they're nominated for all of these, but they haven't necessarily won all of them yet. So Turks and Caicos looking good. Um, Next, this is a story that you found. Mm, There's a company called Solos and they're um, launching an epic group tour to New Zealand ready for 2025. Home to epic landscapes, natural wonders and Maori culture. New Zealand is a magnetic destination just begging for solo adventure. Departing April 14th next year, um, guests can now book Solos brand new 20 night New Zealand Explorer that winds across the North and South Islands, meaning solo travelers can fully immerse themselves in the splendor of the fascinating country. Solos was founded in 1982 and now offers wi- a wider range of holidays for global trotters. So they, they're all over the world from Costa Rica, Canada, Africa, everywhere you can imagine. Um, and uh, Solos is also keen to challenge the assumption that solo travel is purely for single people, regardless of age, ability, circumstance, background gender there's really something for everyone especially on this brand new tour um uh you're right so like you don't have to be single like Solos. i'm guessing that means like yeah. you know you have a husband or wife uh took me a second there a little slow today um beginning in auckland the city of sales the new Eland, uh new zealand explorer begins in the bay of islands before heading down to Ro- rotorua and wellington um oh. you can cruise from the north island to the south island uh, i did that on a ferry I did this, but on my own with like a national bus pass, which was wow. pretty cool, which was an adventure in its own be- uh, in itself, because they have a system where you get like you buy a certain number of credits mm-hmm. and then you have to do the math to figure out how many credits you need. Um, but I just when I go on a, a trip like this, I don't like to plan everything out. Like I have a rough idea where I'm going, but day to day, you know, every few days I kind of adjust the itinerary because He's you find out. You talk to locals and you find out, sure. you stay in a hostel, you find out from people, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. So I try not mm-hmm. to plan everything, right? I just have like a rough outline. See, that's um, so, we're so different in this way. And I love that we can celebrate that because Well, that's you... an adventure for me. Adventure is like figuring out on the ground. No, like, I pr- love Produce that you... my own vacation in real time. I love that you go to these places and you don't mind going by yourself and figuring it out along the way. I, on the other hand would not take a vacation like that by myself. I feel like part of a vacation is spending time with friends and family. So I always need to be with my people. Friends and family. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. My mean, vacation is getting away from friends and family. That's so funny. No, I, I love single travel. I mean, if I was going on a trip with family, that'd be different. But I yeah. like solo adventure. Yeah. And um, I like not having to follow someone else's agenda. I like not having to get up early on the days where I don't feel mm-hmm. like getting up early. Yeah. I don't want to go to a museum today. I'm not going to. I can do whatever I want whenever. And it's very efficient. And I meet lots of people. You know, when I stay in hostels, I'll meet other like-minded people, somebody right. from England. Somebody, I, I have so many friends now from around the world because they were doing the same thing I'm doing. And uh, we just join up for the day. You know, That's it's cool. not like I'm alone the whole time. It's, you know, I meet yeah. somebody. Um, I met a really nice um, young woman who wanted to go to um, a glacier or a, how, how does uh, Belinda say it? Gla- glacier, 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 glacier. So I went to the uh, Joe's Jose, what's it? Can't think of the name of it, but um, Franz Joseph is the Franz Joseph glacier. Oh. Um, and we did a day trip and we did the hike how and fun. Uh, yeah, together. Now we're like lifelong friends. Uh, I met somebody else in India and uh, now, um, now we're like pen pals. So um, this is Hobbiton. This is on the North Island, so this is the Lord of the Rings. Um, that's cool. It's one of the few kind of like commercial things that I actually, you know, participated in and, and like spent it? money on. It's worth it, yeah. especially if you had kids. And in your case, you do have kids. It'd yeah. be totally, totally worth it. Or if you're a huge fan. 
Um, this is a very beautiful lake. This is Lake, uh, to, let me make sure I pronounce this right, Tecapo, 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 Lake Tecapo. Beautiful. They have a tree that's growing out of the water. I see it. Look at that. Uh, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's in this shot. No? It's Isn't a much it more the... majestic tree. Oh, okay. Um, and I failed it looks by like not. that tree toward the end is kind no, of No, and I, fa I failed by not providing it for you. But um, mm. uh, it's it's a really beautiful area. Um, and then, of course, there's, do you recognize this mountain? Sound of music. Oh, no. no. This, is, this is Mount Cook in oh, New Zealand. That's Lord or, of the Rings too, right? This is Mount Doom. Oh. This is the inspiration. They, they, you know, they, they, um, they, they doctored it up, mm -hmm. right? And they use CGI, but this is the inspiration for uh, a Mount Doom. And so this is uh, Mount Cook, and uh, in Maori it would be um, Mount Araki. Yeah. Araki. Uh, 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 Araki. Araki. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Maori is kind of tricky. You're not used to it. Yeah, I love it. Anyway, so that that's pretty cool. Solos. So, so if you're interested in traveling by yourself, it's it's spelled S-O-L-O-S. Solos. Yeah, they have the whole uh, single travel thing all buttoned up. Very cool. A lot of people are moving. And if we have a certain outcome of the election, maybe people will want people to pick up say and that. I don't move overseas. Never, people never move. I don't know. <clears throat> the cost of moving with your pets is going up. Yeah. Uh, this is a... Apparently, the cargo handling arm of uh, one of the airlines says that starting March 1st, they've, they're going to raise prices to ship your pet overseas. It could triple the cost of this or even quadruple costs for some travelers, and it might force some pet owners to choose between paying the higher prices to relocate their pets or leaving those pets behind. Yikes. Mm. Details about the new pricing structures and affected routes are unclear, but some companies that work with IAG Cargo are already seeing the effects of all of this. There's one, um, Pets Abroad UK. They're a pet relocation company. They take care of all the requirements for customers, work with the airlines, the cost of transferring the pets between Britain and the United States. They say the cost is increasing 400% with no warning, no consideration, and no explanation. Just those costs shooting up. If you own a larger dog, it's even more. To fly a lab right now could cost 3,000 pounds. With the new tax, you're looking at closer to eleven to twelve thousand pounds. That's about fifteen thousand dollars to fly your dog. Are they, are to they a new weighing country. your dog? I think so. I think they want to know your dog's weight. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're shaming. They're shaming so dogs. They are. So now you have to decide if your animals no are eligible for you. to fly in the cabin or if they have to be stowed in the hold. But this is all going to be very expensive. So. Just if you were thinking of doing that, make a note. The whole stowing an animal changing. in the hold thing just sounds so cruel and frightening. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Well, should we go um, Should we go back? Yeah, I think we should go back. We should go back to um, talking about these crickets. Yeah. Because there's a, an eclipse coming, a solar eclipse in April. And the last, one of the last times... I think it was in the 1950s that uh, research was done. There were nearly 500 records of animal and insect reactions on the day of a solar eclipse. And so NASA is trying to honor those contributions and, and expand on them as well. So they're asking people to note everything around them on this, the, the date, the last date where the 500 recordings were made August 31st, 1932. But the next solar eclipse coming is April 8th. So NASA is calling on citizen scientist volunteers for this upcoming eclipse to help in this eclipse soundscape project. What they would like you to do is through a combination of visual, audio, and written, written uh, all kinds of recordings, right? They would like to help further the researchers' understanding of the influence. Wait, what is what is being written? You can write what happened. You can record it vi with video, or you could record oh, it with like sound. You could describe what you're hearing. You're recording your observations of the day. Okay, That's right. right. 
Um, so what they say is as the moon passes in front of the sun, the ambient light dims, the temperatures fall, some stars begin to appear, and the environmental shift has been known to fool animals as they would at dusk or dawn they, to behave that way. So NASA wants to better understand the behavior of crickets, as well as observe the differences between how nocturnal and diurnal animals may respond. The more audio and observations that they have, the better they can answer these questions. So what they want people to do is record the crickets and record the data that you see and get it to them. There are about 30 million people within the path of the eclipse that can participate on April 8th. So these data collectors can purchase a relatively low cost audio recorder called an audio moth alongside a micro SD card to capture surrounding sounds. You could write down what you see and hear and then submit it through the project's website. Um, and then they will take a look. You can even take a little free online class to help you assess the incoming data. Sounds kind like of a good cool project thing. for kids. Yeah. I think it's, it's really cool. I mean, I don't think that we're directly in the path in California, but if you are, that would be really fun. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Um, or maybe, uh, I was going to say, you could go on vacation to one of these places. <laughs> you no. could do that. No. That'd be, and you know, I heard hotels are already booking up for April, uh, April oh, 8th really? along the path. Yeah. Oh, I don't A lot have of that kind of ambition. That. No. <laughs> You don't want to go see the solar eclipse and record no, but, the crickets. But do you know who had, or do you know which country has a lot of ambition? Japan. Japan. Mm -hmm. Very good, Kim. Uh, Japan you. is set to launch the world's first wooden satellite mm -hmm. to combat space pollution. Yes. Uh, the, the environmentally friendly LignoSat probe set to orbit this summer has been created to combat harmful aluminum particles. Japanese scientists have created one of the world's most unusual spacecraft, a tiny satellite that's made of timber. So this this satellite, this probe has been made out of magnolia wood, which in experiments carried out by the International Space Station was found to be stable and resistant to cracking. Now plans are being finalized for it to be launched on a U.S. rocket uh, this summer. The timber satellite has been built by researchers at Kyoto University and the logging company Sumitomo Forestry, in order to test the idea of using biodegradable materials such as wood to see if they can act as environmentally friendly alternatives to the metals from which all satellites are currently constructed. That seems kind of cool, right? Yeah. Well, and what they say is in that this wood satellite, if it re-enters the Earth's atmosphere, will burn up upon re-entry. So it doesn't won't leave a lot of space junk laying around. Yeah, but then, then that's going to create CO2. You know what? There's always a complainer in the group. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying they're gonna they're gonna burn they're gonna burn something in the atmosphere. I don't know. That I guess it's better good. than than like toxic metal flying around in outer space. Are they gonna pump it full of aerosol to counteract that? Why not? Uh, Let's do it all. <laughs> all the satellites which re-enter the Earth's atmosphere burn and create tiny alumina particles. Uh, which float in the upper atmosphere for many years. Oh, that's not good. No. Um, according to the Japanese astronaut and aerospace engineer with Kyoto University, eventually it will affect the environment um, of the Earth. Okay, so maybe that's worse. Okay. I'll trust mm -hmm. the scientists. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to do my own research on this. I'll trust the scientists. It's interesting. We'll see how it holds up. I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, yeah that's pretty cool. I like that story. And that was Kim's story. Thank you for providing that, Kim. Absolutely. You get um, good ones. Shall we... Are we done or shall we do we have time no, for some entertainment time. news? Because I've been have wanting like six to talk minutes left. I've been wanting to talk about Zendaya. You know, she's a Bay Area girl. She's an East Bay girl. And <clears throat> her mom worked at Cal Shakespeare. They call it Cal Shakes. California Shakespeare. Which confused Theater. me when you texted me about it because I thought <clears throat> Cal Shakes was the name of the earthquake app. Yeah. This right? is different. Cal Shakes. Cal Shakes is the California Shakespeare Theater. Okay. In uh in the East Bay. And they have been having a rough time, as most theaters are, coming out of the pandemic, not knowing whether the program will survive or not. And they've been talking to Zendaya, I guess, for the last year about the challenges that they're facing. And she is showing support. She gave them $100,000 through the wow. Women's Donors Network. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, it's doing a lot for them. When when she was little, she used to go to work with her mom, 
and she spent a lot of time backstage at Cal Shakes. Uh, she started taking acting classes herself. And, of course, is a very talented actress, and they say was a very sparkling presence at the theater in Arinda. Uh, Zendaya, incredibly talented young performer right out of the gate, according to the director of Cal Shakes. Her exploration of that talent was encouraged by the people around her there. And for them, it's great if your students are good actors, but more importantly, it's how they show up. And they say Zendaya always showed up as a good castmate, community member, enthusiastic teammate. She made it about the other person. So it's clearly what she's still doing. And they say it's a full circle, a very sweet story about her trajectory and how she remembers where she came from. So I wanted to make sure we noted it. Very cool. Um, I like her. Yeah, me too. This is very cool. Um, You know who else was in the news? Pedro. Pedro. Um, Do you watch any shows with him? Nikki made me watch The Last of Us, which is kind of a horror-ish thing. But I'm going to say I got into that show. Like, yeah, I couldn't it's wait funny how for the next Some the shows next like one. that um, can really turn me off. But that one works mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, Pedro Pascal's mind seems to be working on a different level. A crazy one, according to the actor himself, who shared the, quote, psycho way that he learns his lines. The actor sat down with a few of his colleagues for a fundraiser put on by SAG-AFTRA. And uh, that's our union. And um, mm-hmm. posted to their uh, YouTube page uh, on uh uh, let's see. I think this was last Friday. Alongside mm-hmm. Pedro, uh, morning show actor Billy Crudup. Is that how you say his name? Crudup? Yeah, Billy Crudup yeah. and Secession stars um, Matthew McFadden and Kieran, uh, Kieran Culkin were also participating. The group talked about the acting craft with Pedro mentioning the wild way that he learns his lines and even whipped out some evidence to show his colleagues. Um, Pascal grabs a piece of paper covered in what looks like more like binary code behind the matrix than any actual tool to learn lines. And a couple of the other interviewees clearly don't know what to make of it, um, either with Culkin calling it gibberish. Pedro admits it's a psycho strategy and jokes that he's actually the Unabomber before explaining that it's every first letter of a word he's supposed to say organized in columns. Pascal went on to say that it's a tedious way of drilling the information, but it works for him. Um, But from his pal Kieran's shocked expression... While he explained it, this doesn't appear to be common practice at all. Worth noting, the reason SAG uh, sat down with uh, this group of actors is because they're all up for outstanding performance by a male actor in a drama series Mm -hmm. um, for the uh, SAG SAG Awards already happened, right? Um, A pretty uh, talented group of people. Um, Pascal's bizarre memorization techniques clearly are working on top of being an uh, award-winning darling this winter. Um, Marvel just announced him as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic in the future Fantastic Four oh, projects. Cool. Like uh, he's that. securing nominations and the bag. Pretty cool. He's a good actor. Know. Yeah, he's a great actor, but I don't know about that way of, I mean, whatever works for you, right? To memorize your lines. Well, if he's making but, it harder so that he has yeah. it nailed down, everyone has a system, right? Processes, Everybody protocols, does. and standards. Yeah. Quickly, let's do this story because if you, are you this person? Are you the person that watches all the uh, the Academy Award nominated movies and usually you're pretty right about which one's going to win. You, is that you? No. Okay, well, if it is I, you. I haven't even watched most of the movies. No. Usually. If this is you, if you always want to see all these movies and if you always kind of do this prediction and just to see if you're right, there's a website offering to pay a film fan two grand to watch all of this year's Best Picture Oscar nominees and predict the outcome of the broadcast. Testcasinos.com. So dubious right there from the start, Mm -hmm. right? Testcasinos.com. Announcing this unique job opportunity for a cinephile willing to watch the 10 nominees for Best Picture, rate each film, then predict the outcome of the Best Picture, the Best Director, the Best Actor, the Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor and Best Supporting Actress categories at this year's Academy Awards. The chosen candidate, you get $2,000. You also get a 65-inch 4K TV and a $500 DoorDash gift card. $500 DoorDash gift card. Uh-huh. You have to, when you're, re- when you're looking at the movies, you have to also rate each film, including emotional resonance, entertainment impact, memorability meter, creativity quotient and a social buzz score Hmm. the fine folks at testcasinos.com are taking job applications through march 9th so if that's you or you know somebody who can go go get it 
And here's something like if you're creating a website, make sure the name of the website makes sense because I have no idea what that means. Testcasinos.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can Google that. Well, I mean, <laughs> in the meantime, I want to do, I want to mention one last story just quickly. Um, we oh, all Matthew know Ferris Brunner. Bueller, right? In his yeah. day off. Uh, Paramount uh, Ferris Bueller spinoff film has landed their director. I didn't know this was happening. David Katzenberg. Um, so Sam and Victor's Day Off is the feature follow-up to John Hughes' 1986 comedy classic. The studio has set David Katzenberg to direct this movie. And uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, taking place on a single day, the film centers on the two um, valets who borrow the Ferrari belonging to the father of Alan Ruck's character, Cameron Fry, in John Hughes' original 1986 film. Katzenberg mm-hmm. is known for his work as director and executive producer of the ABC's The Goldbergs, along with producing Warner Brothers' hit film um, from 2017, It. Uh, his other directing credits include the series Average Joe, 911 Lone Star, Young Rock, and The Mighty Ducks, Game Changers. So um, I thought that was cool that there's a, a follow-up yeah. to this beloved movie, and I'll uh, look for it. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. look for that coming soon. Love In the it. meantime... We've got to wrap this up. We've come to the end of the after-party road, but we have so many great stories for you tomorrow. Some good ones, and we'll be working hard to come up with the best thumbnail and all of the best things for tomorrow's Just show. Just make sure you don't ask for my opinion tonight. Also, also, um, we're going to have... What is it? Are we doing Weird News Wednesday? Is Weird that News new? Wednesday. Weird News Wednesday coming tomorrow, the first inaugural edition. Make sure you're here for it. Thank you for hanging out with us on the After Party Live. Huge, huge thank you to our ongoing contributors, Kathleen G and Meredith D. And we want to thank Wes uh, T for a $5 super sticker, yep. $2 super sticker, and Miss Organic for a Yay. $10 super sticker. And then we want to, of course, um, thank the sponsor of our Travel Tuesday. Karen K. Thank you Karen so much. K. Thank you, Karen, yep. for your sponsorship. We appreciate it. Yep. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow and we'll do it again. Have a great we'll afternoon, everybody. We'll do it live. Bye.